Welcome back to the podcast, Yelling at Midnight, you insomniacs. Today, again, <laughs> I have my buddy Robert, because um, this is going to be posted on different days, but we're recording them back to back. That's right. talking with Robert is one of my favorite activities. So you Patreon um, supporters get the inside scoop on this. Hey, I, one day. There's going to be a new YouTube soon. I really believe that. I don't know. I think so. YouTube is losing its what it, its prowess. It well, was like I, the Wild West, and now it's starting to become civilized. And people don't like that. People want it, Google especially creators. Google owns YouTube, right? What'd you say? Google owns YouTube? Yes. I don't think it'll go away. I think, especially, I think there's too much money in it, and there's, like, the v, the v, it'll never go away in the way that, like, MySpace went away. Ameri- it, might, it might not be as prevalent. America's going to have a different YouTube. YouTube will still be used globally. America will not have YouTube will not be the main platform in America in the next ten years. Well, I, I really what believe would the, that. What would the new one look like, though? It would be similar to YouTube, but it would be innovative. It would pro- it would give creators more control over the content that they create, and the well, they have full control over the content they create now. No, they don't. That's why demonetization. Well, they can't. Yeah. Well, once. Well, that no. The death of YouTube began when they started to demonetize videos based off of certain criteria that wasn't equally gauged. Meaning, two creators could create basically the same video. One person's video would get demonetized, and the other wouldn't. Uh huh. So really, the power is in the creators because if they leave YouTube, YouTube loses a lot of its leverage as this entertainment platform. So if they, if some person if some company can go to the creators of youtube and say hey i have this platform here that can offer you everything and then some that youtube can't follow me here and he get and they get enough people to do that that company gets enough creators to do that youtube is dead in the water as far as america is concerned well the thing is because so many creators have already diversified like even like podcasts there's 30 different places to post a podcast. Sure. Like I'm on, like this podcast is like on Spotify, Overcast, Podbean, Anchor, Apple Podcast. Like it's on so many different Mm -hmm. places and which is fine. That's, you know, whatever floats your goat. (laughs) (laughs) I guess the reason we're recording this podcast, um, we had a conversation the other day that was really a really fun conversation that we had. It was about the, it was surrounded by school Mm-hmm. The extracurricular activities that we've done, um, the regrets and like advice that we give to like our former selves. Mm. Um, and as we were having it, we were actually having the conversation on another podcast. Um, but I was like, wow, this is actually really good. And Robert just gets so passionate about things that it's just like captivating to listen to. <laughs> uh, Thanks. So, yeah. So we'll just start with it. So we both go to UCF. Go Knights. Charge on. Charge on. I'm sorry, Mackenzie. Oh, my goodness. Dang. It is the worst feeling ever. I got the notification on my phone. It said Mackenzie Milton like goes to the locker room, like carted off because of leg injury. And I go, Oh, it's probably just like a sprain. Cause he like had missed a game earlier in the season because mm-hmm. of a leg injury. And I was just like, Oh, he's, you know, it's probably not that bad. <clears throat> and I want, I like searched it on YouTube. Yeah. Like whenever there's a horrific in- injury, I just search it on YouTube yeah. cause it's already on there. And I looked it up and it's like Mackenzie Milton, like injury. And I saw it and I was like, Oh my goodness. Like, yeah, it was bad. That was the first play I saw of the game. I was at my mom's house, and I turned on the TV. That was the le- legit first play of the game. It's your fault. Yeah, it's my fault, without a doubt. Well, it's USF's fault. 
it's everything is USF's fault. Yeah. The debt crisis. Thanks, USF. Honestly, they don't even have their own stadium. <laughs> like honestly, they don't. No, and like not, they're not even in South Florida. <laughs> so. no, they're not. And UCF took over the game. Uh, like oh. I would argue more than half oh, the fans. Oh no! Were UCF I home. heard our cheers at a home USF oh. game through the TV. Yeah, it was bad, but it was so great. Yeah. Um, it, was, it cool. was a sweet win because it is rivalry week. My brother actually went to USF. My first college game, mm-hmm. I guess my only college game I've ever been to, was USF-UCF. You've never been to a UCF football game? No. Nope. At home? No. What? Well, we've won so many in a row, I don't want to ruin it. Because if I go, I feel like we're going to lose. Dude, let's I, test it out. I thought I won. <laughs> go to the AAC championship game. Is it in Orlando? Yeah, it's home. It's a home game. Oh, dude. You should go. I would love to go to that one. And then the other one I'd love to go to is whatever bowl game we get into. Yeah. Right now, it's projected <clears throat> that we'll be in the Peach Bowl with Florida. I want to... Ex- I was raised a Gator fan. Uh-huh. And, like, I, my bedroom back home is all orange and blue. And I would love nothing more for, than UCF to just put the Florida Gators in their place. Uh-huh. Because they hate UCF. The yeah. fan base hates UCF with a passion because, because we're the best team in Florida. We are. And we would beat Florida. Uh-huh. I would bet money on UCF that we would beat Florida. Uh-huh. They're not a good football. Okay. They have talent. Uh-huh. They can't beat UCF. You see it? Well, without Mackenzie Milton? Mackenzie. Um, uh, I'm blanking on his name. Our secondary quarterback. I think it's like Mac. Mac. Yeah, yeah. Mac comes in, and he was nervous for the first few plays. But he got a stride going. He can run the ball, and he throws beautiful. He threw a beautiful, like, 30-yard touchdown pass. I saw pass. that. I saw that. We're fine. We're fine. Uh-huh. We're a good team. If we were, we, if we just had a good quarterback, we wouldn't be undefeated. Uh huh. We have a great team. We do have a great team. I'm excited. That is such a hard loss, but I am excited. I think they'll be. I think it'll work out. Yep. It still breaks my heart though. But anyway, but I want to. I kind of want to go to the bowl game. But Gator fans and like. Trust me, I'm the first one to be an obnoxious UCF fan. Oh, yeah, you have yeah. to be. Yeah. If you're not obnoxious, yeah. no one will listen to you. I remember last year whenever we we won the Peach Bowl, mm-hmm. and then we were like, oh, yeah, we beat Auburn, won the Peach Bowl. Then the next day, our athletic director like claimed national championship. Well, he said it right after the game on live TV. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay, you want to hear something really cool? Go. So I heard the story of how this happened. So the the lead marketing director... This is the inside scoop because you're on the president's council. Yes, so this is the inside scoop. I heard it firsthand from this guy. What happened <laughs> from was... this guy, whoever this His guy. name is Grant Heston. Okay. So he was talking to our council because we asked him. We know this guy's you know, leadership at UCF and everybody wants to know about the national championship stuff. So we asked him and we go, hey man, like, how did this whole national championship thing... How, when Danny White said it on national television, Danny White is our athletic director. Mm-hmm. How did UCF leadership feel about it? Well, it really boiled down to how our president felt about it. And at the time, that was John C. Hitt. So this all happened through text messages, um, literally flying while they were flying back from Atlanta. These were the text messages that were happening or right after his flight from Atlanta. So Grant Heston, the marketing director, he gets the text and he finds out that Danny White had said what he said and that it had blown up. Um, 
gosh, <laughs> I don't want to. That's I know it had to do with the plane and like his plane was off or his phone was off on the airplane and he turns his phone back on and it had blown up with text and like notifications on social media that UCF had to claim national champions and it was a big deal. They all had a meeting. They all liked it. And that was they, John C. Hit who had all those texts when he no Grant's phone the was marketing up. director. Okay. Yeah, and so um, anyway. What was really funny about it was John C. Hitt loved it, and they were all Well, he was going out. He was retiring, right? I don't know if we knew he was retiring at that point. Uh, He knew. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I don't, I mean, I would imagine. It probably could have been a deciding factor for him. I don't know. Go on a national champ. Well, he probably didn't care about. Well, he's seen seen this university grow so much over Mm -hmm. the last 10 years that why not claim national champions? Because really, a good leader understands the vision of the, the organization that they're leading to the point where they can have confidence in the trajectory of where it's going. So for us to claim national champions and to own it is huge because what that means is we're confident in ourselves and we're confident in where we're going. Just think about it. Let's say you're a student and you want to come to a university. And you see this underdog team, not taken seriously by anybody, confidently proclaiming that they're national champions in football, and then for a second season go undefeated in a regular season, right? Mm -hmm. To me, as a student, just an onlooker, I would think, you know what? This school's a fun place to be because that kind of culture is going to bleed into everything else that they do. Mm -hmm. Our um, computer science, uh, I don't know the right term for it, but we have a team that does uh, hacking competitions nationally. We are the number one national champion for computer hacking. UCF is. We're ranked in the like top five for innovative schools, uh, and the only other and there's no other schools in Florida that rank that high. Um, stuff like that makes it an exciting place to be, and so it feeds into this. And then you have this whole football thing, and yeah, they saw it, and they're like, you know what? We're gonna go with it, and we're gonna run with it, and we're gonna claim it, and. We're going to get the banners and everything else. And that brought so much freaking media attention. I forgot the number, but they they looked at the amount of like millions of dollars that we oh, got yeah. out of uh, advertising and marketing just from claiming national champions. Yeah, It was wild. And we have nothing to lose either. It's not like we're a school. I'm sorry, I'm going on a rant here. But like, no, this is great. It's not like we're a school built on hundreds of years of tradition and have to make you know, have to be cautious about what we're doing. We're literally making our tradition as, yeah, we're that school who claimed the national championship. We don't let boundaries define our actions. We want to cross those boundaries because, hey, we're young and we're hungry. And that's what that's what we're about. Mm-hmm. So. so, like, if you can expand on the story a little more. So, like, basically he claimed it and then... Danny White claimed it. The athletic director claimed uh-huh. it. Correct. So what they wanted to decide, I don't see, this is where I'm, I'm foggy because I started telling this and I don't know if I'm entirely true. Essentially, what had happened is Grant Heston, the marketing director, he saw it, or he's like the leader. I don't know his exact title, but he's like in charge of marketing. This is de- totally a marketing issue for the school. So he hears about it. John C. Hitt hears about it. And so they have a meeting to discuss whether or not they want this to be our title. Because they could have easily just been, you know what, Danny White said it, but we're not going to acknowledge it and Uh move on. But instead, they rolled with it, and they had this little meeting. It wasn't nothing crazy. I don't even, I mean, gosh, it was just, hey, let's do it. And they got the banners. 
they started claiming it on social media, which is really the big thing. You know, if mm-hmm. you, you put it on Twitter, people are going to notice. And then, um, I mean, from there, we're national. We're the we're the self proclaimed national champions, uh-huh. the obnoxious team from Florida. Doesn't well because I'm pretty sure like the college like whatever rule book it is like the they, NCAA. Yeah, NCAA. Mm-hmm. They recognize us as national champions. Sure, because Let's they see. they've recognized other teams who've done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Alabama proclaimed themselves as national champions before. Mm-hmm. It's nothing new. It, it really does seem like an Alabama thing to just say that though. Because Alabama's freaking awesome. Uh-huh. Like I lo- like Alabama is as far as football is concerned, they're a powerhouse. I think it's it, pretty crazy that they have like Alabama and Auburn, and like they're just the powerhouses, and then they have no NFL team. What do you mean? Oh, like Alabama has no NFL team? Yeah. Well, yeah, their NFL. I mean, they've contributed a lot to the NFL too, with just talent as in the draft oh, yeah. and things like that. Alabama's awesome, and I mean, if UCF, if UCF could just contend with Alabama on the field, and just actually hold their own. Uh-huh. That would show. That would shut up so many people. Do you feel like through all this, UCF will be offered a spot in a Power Five conference? No, it's going to take years. Because because we're also like, I mean, we're not like the greatest mm-hmm. like basketball team, but we do have like we are pretty good. I don't know enough about our basketball team. Uh-huh. That's unfortunate. Like our athletic, our athletics are pretty good. We have a great athletic director. Uh-huh. And how long do you think it would take to be like cuz we're like the second highest like student base in the whole country. Yeah, we go it it changes depending on what day of the week you hear it from. I mean, it could be number 1, number 2. Uh-huh. Arizona State University. So if you want to know like a good way to measure UCF's not potential. Well, I guess potential is a good way to put it or just how what our future looks like is by looking at other colleges who are similar to us. The other two colleges that are really similar to us as far as population are Ohio State and Arizona State University. Arizona State is really similar to us in how they lay out their campus and how they have like different campuses uh, around the city that they're in. I don't even know what city they're in, but Arizona State has a very similar population, a very similar layout. I don't really know their athletics program all that well, but I know that they are, um, I, like, I don't know what conference they're in or anything like that. Um, that would help. <laughs> if I knew that. But looking at them and seeing how they do things, we could see how UCF would be looked at. I mean, I think it's going to take years. This is really – these are the years that are going to attract the, attract the kind of talent that we want. Mm-hmm. Because athletes who come to a program and the program has this kind of – this brand about themselves, like athletes want to be a part of that. Do you feel like our head coach this year will – get offers to other schools Hypel. yeah yeah if you're a good coach why wouldn't another program want you uh-huh. there's always i think if you're a good coach there's always a better or there's always a program that wants you uh-huh um so yeah scott frost being here that was i mean that was just too good to be true almost mm-hmm. and he had such a good last name frost the hashtags were amazing yeah they were our first, uh, for those of y'all who don't know, our first game with Frost as our head coach was the Frost Out, and so we all wore white, and our mascot Nitro came into the student section with this huge box of Frosted Flakes and was just throwing them on everybody. It was a good time. That's so awesome. Yeah. 
Don't you sit with our president of the, you know, I mean, I, we're not going to talk about what we want to do at all. We're just talking about UCF athletics. <laughs> okay. But, but uh, don't you sit with the president at the football game? Well, I don't sit with him. It's more like a... Ooh, tell that story of how you, like, were talking in front of the whole crowd. Oh. <laughs> okay, so um, UCF gives opportunity to students galore. One of those opportunities is called the President's Leadership Council. So if you're part of this council, you represent UCF on behalf of the UCF's president. The president currently is Dale Whitaker. So um, if you're on this council, you get opportunities to speak, to serve on behalf of UCF, and you really represent our president. Um, And I'm on this council. And so you get a lot of interaction with university leadership, um, and you also get a lot of interaction with different community partners in the Orlando area and also just people who want to partner up with UCF, um, whether that be through donations or business support, whatever the case is. Um, well, one of the things that President Leadership Council members get to do is attend the football games in the President's Suite. Now, you don't just watch the football games at this suite. suite. Your main job is to serve the guests and not like serve them food or anything, but like, op- like the, the big thing we do is we are telling our story and mingling with the guests and also opening the doors at the, at the event. So that's like the two biggest things that we do at this president suite event. Um, and that's during the football games. The cool thing is though, you know, if, if it's a really good football game, nobody's really paying attention to the door, like going in and out, everybody's watching the game. So that's when you watch the game and you enjoy the game with the people there and uh, you get to you get to hang out. Well, every home football game, there's always a theme. And so the theme for a football game that I attended in the president's suite, or I worked, I served at, at the president's suite, was the first-generation students. I'm a first-generation college student, and he wanted, he asked me, or uh, he wants our students to tell their story, so he asked me if I would tell my story about being a first-generation college student. I did, um, and then a woman approached me from the foundation. The foundation is a, um, is a, is the office that raises money for UCF. Mm -hmm. She approached me. anime, like, bad guys club. The foundation. (laughs) That's really funny. Anyways, it probably is. <laughs> no, but uh, no, they raise money for UCF, and so she asked me if I would like to go to Atlanta with the president of UCF and speak to the alumni chapter there. And I was like, yes, I would love to do that. So I got to go there. I got to speak to the alumni chapter, and it was a donor meeting. I mean, they, these are people who were interested in donating a lot of money to UCF, and. There, you know, all these people, they're professionals. They're in different industries, and they're and they're super smart about um, about what they do. Whether they're doctors or people in business or people in banking, whatever the case is. Um, so I got to tell my story to them about being a first generation student, and also I got to network with them. I got I got to meet people and and hear their get to listen to their advice that they've given me. They a lot of people handed me their business cards, so just different ways to keep in contact with these people. Uh, and just something I'm super thankful for. And I'm literally just because I'm a UCF student. Mm-hmm. That's really what it boils down to. I was, I'm so glad you told that story, but I was asking for the one at the football game really like address the whole crowd. Well, the whole crowd of the football game, yeah. like the entire attendance, like the entire, I thought, Oh, I must've misunderstood. No, no, I never did that. Oh, I no. What I did was I spoke at the football game. 
And, like, I told my story there. In the president's suite? In the president's suite. Oh, I thought when you told me the story, you talked to everybody in the stadium. No. Oh, no. And then, like, the national anthem started. Oh, (laughs) my gosh. That's why that makes that ten times funny. You know, the national Uh anthem started, but it wasn't, I wasn't on the mic to every single person in the stadium. Okay. Dang. No. That's how I always interpret it. I was like, that's such a weird thing to hype up the crowd. (laughs) All right, let's get ready for the national okay, anthem. Okay. Well, anyway, then don't tell that story because it's not, it's not a real story. Then. I just cut everything out. I just yeah, we're gonna delete this whole podcast. It was great listening. Uh, thank you, Chipotle. Have a good night. Stop that right now. <laughs> we're not cutting any of this. <laughs> um, <laughs> I cut that part where you licked the mic. Um, You're a good little tart. <laughs> what's up, you you ASMR freaks? <laughs> I didn't want to cut this, but you're making it impossible not to cut. No, you can edit all this out. Yeah, I know. I didn't want to, though. You can... No, not the... It got weird, but it was like time before it got weird. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Well, now that we're 23 minutes into the podcast... Dang. Let's actually talk about what we told the viewers at the beginning we would talk about. The Insomniacs? The Insomniacs. Um, That's a great name for them. I mean, we recorded two podcasts with that name, so if they hate it, then I'll just never record another podcast but mm-hmm. it's okay um we're already past where my old podcast I, we only posted three episodes and then they just we yeah. recorded a fourth saying we're back it was like a two months later mm-hmm. and we're in it for the long haul boys are back in town and then we never posted it and then we never recorded another one well but you know good guy i actually really love that guy um even though the podcast fell through you still love him yeah, my my love I'm for glad. people is only based on if I can get content from them for my <laughs> podcast. <Hey. laughs> All right, well, <laughs> I feel pressured. No, no I'm getting, yeah, <laughs> get out of my room. Um, but anyway, we promised in the beginning that we would talk about our school experiences. So, mm-hmm. and we said we talked about extracurriculars. So I guess that. All that is... That counts. Uh, that counts. Sure. We'll, we'll allow it. But for me, UCF athletics is a fun thing to talk about. But I doubt people that don't go to UCF care at all. No, we care. But they care a little bit. Uh-huh. They care especially if they're going to lose to us in a bowl game. Yeah. I'm talking to you Gators. Um, That's right. Mostly the three or four friends that have talked crap to me about mm-hmm. how they would beat us. Um, Tim Tebow was my role model as a kid, so I feel horrible. Uh, he is everyone's role model. I feel horrible saying that, uh-huh. but Tebow, if you ever listen to this, man, hey, we should get coffee sometime. <laughs> I think we'd have a good time. Uh-huh. I met his parents. Okay, just want to say this. I met his parents at a random graduation party after high school. Uh-huh. I had I, a graduation party and no one came to it. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. You invited, how many people did you invite? I feel like enough <laughs> for you, somebody to come. You invited, uh, what's the term? The critical mass number of people to come and nobody came to your room. Well, yeah. The one person that was just like my best friend, because I, I had a <clears> lot of like, <throat> now n- knowing like how great of friendships I can have, I would describe them as acquaintances um, that I invited. Wow. Um, but I had one like best friend that like probably should have came, but he had a graduation party the same day. Dang. Um. So, and then I had, like, no family, like, all my family that lived out of state, like, nobody came for my graduation, which is fine. I'm not hurt by it. I'm actually, like, smiling really big right now because I think it's a funny story. Um, so well, it may sound sad. my graduation party was awesome. Uh-huh. Well, everybody <laughs> loves you, Robert. 
Yeah, well, I'm tell, tell that to my mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sherry. Oh, Sherry. Oh, Sherry. You know, Sherry makes the best meatloaf I've ever had, but I don't like her. <laughs> Something about her. Don't like I've her. never liked meatloaf. Really? Yeah. Dude, I love meatloaf. We should just make this podcast talking about food. I, okay. Uh-huh. I love that. All I, right. I'm, I meal prepped today for the first time ever. What did you prep? I made rice, beans, and lemon pepper chicken. And I made five meals. I ate one of them immediately because mm-hmm. I hadn't ate all day. Oh, yeah. And then the other, and then I just have four in my fridge now. I really like carbs of the potato variety. Mm-hmm. I'll eat potatoes in just about anything, except I don't really like potato salad. I used to like it when I was younger, but now I don't. You know what's amazing? What? The Irish, known for drinking and known for potatoes. potatoes. Never made vodka? Never made potato vodka. That's amazing. They didn't make it. Wow. Well, maybe they didn't want to be Russian to conclusions. What is your... Yeah, we're just completely abandoning... That's fine. Potpourri. <laughs> yeah. This hey, is a potpourri, potpourri. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um... I'm gonna I'm gonna title this one "Broken Promises" with Robert Inman. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be friends forever. All right. You're Tammy. okay. Your last meal on Earth. You're in prison. You get the sign and have your last meal. What is it? Oh man, my last meal. I just wanted me a piece of cornbread. Um, that's from A Green Mile. You should watch it. It's good. Um, my last meal would be. All right, here it is. A T-bone steak, rib... Okay, a T-bone steak. Cooked, <laughs> medium rare. I thought you were about to say T-bone steak, ribeye. And I was like, yeah. wait, what? Honestly, I would eat a T-bone steak on top of a ribeye, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, a, I would want two loaded baked potatoes. I mean, steaming sour cream, cheese, chives, bacon, all that good stuff. Butter. Oh, yeah. Put it on there. Um... So some of those, so I really like meat and potatoes. Don't listen to this podcast hungry. Now you say that to them. Yeah. They're already hungry. If they Uh have any kind of good taste. Um, So that, I don't know if I'd want a vegetable because you know what? Screw it. Like you don't need a vegetable right now. Uh Uh-huh. I really like Brussels sprouts. I I don't at all. Yeah. Brussels sprouts to me are like a really hearty, meaty vegetable and I think they taste good. Um... You know, like, really just give me a lot of meat and potatoes and I'd be happy. And then besides that, for dessert, I like ice cream. So any kind of like... How did you say you liked your steak? Medium rare. Okay. Bloody. Yeah. Like, I like it still kicking. Still a hard beat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like the I like the meat still moving. Cow pun. Um, <laughs> besides that... Just, you always explain your jokes. It's my least favorite part about you. Oh, really? No, I'm yeah, just no. I, it's my least favorite part about. No, myself. my least favorite part about you is your eyes. Why? They just they just catch you and you can't let go. Yeah. Dang, broken promises. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like that, and I like ice cream on top of brownies. The Captain Jacks from Ale House. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. The ice cream cake. Actually, I just agreed with you, and I have no idea what you're talking okay, about. Okay, the Captain Jacks <laughs> ice cream cake. Broken promises. Is. <laughs> is so good it is like we did the math me and my roommate did because we love it one slice of the captain jack's ice cream cake is like 1400 calories so we were trying to figure out if we could eat a whole cake and we can't 
But gosh, that would be a way to go out, just eating a whole Captain Jack's ice cream cake. So yeah, I would also like one of those. Just a slice. I, I don't want to like get injected with poison full. So yeah, what about you? Would you want injection or the electric chair? Oh, injection by far. Because they inject you with something that passes you, like like knocks you out, and then it then they put you something in there that, that kills you. I think it'd be cool to go out by electric chair. No, it would not. I mean, it hurt at first. No, it would hurt the whole time. But then you'd die. You'd be in heaven. Maybe. Maybe. What are you in jail for? <laughs> That's not how grace works, Robert. No, what I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying though, is you know maybe you you went into prison because you didn't. You know, you were never really saved in the first place. Then you had a mental because that's a crime. <laughs> because and then you had a mental breakdown and you killed somebody. You never know. Uh huh. I mean, you. This is blasphemous. <laughs> what I'm saying is <laughs> not true. You never know. There's faith. For me, okay. I I've seen I saw a meme once that said, "What do you want for like your last meal?" And it was like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then the person died because they were allergic to peanuts. Um, it's just like, haha, like, you know, he got, or I got you. I got you before you got me. Um, I'm allergic to peanuts, but not in like a deathly way. So that would just give me a rash. I never knew that. Are cashews peanuts? Well, cause Ben offered you cashews tonight. So I've, when I was born, I was allergic to so many things. I had so many issues, Mm -hmm. dislocated hip. My kidney was completely failing. Um, had to have surgery. They didn't tell my parents I was going to live until I was eight weeks old. Um, wow. Yeah. Like, they told my mom, like, don't, like, hold him or, like... I feel like the kid from Sixth Sense right now. <laughs> they were, like... They told my mom, like, don't, like, grow, like, a bond with him because he'll probably die. What? And when I was, like, eight weeks old when they were, like, he'll probably live. Um, what a horrible thing to tell a mom. I think it's, like, a realistic thing. I don't... I don't know, man. I mean, yeah. Because think about this. Like, if you're... If you had a kid... Maybe that's why I have trust issues, because I was never held as a child. I'm kidding, Mom. If you're listening to this, I love you so much. <laughs> why didn't you hold me? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure she did, anyway. My, uh... But yeah, like... I don't know. If I had a kid, I had a baby, and it was one week old, and the doctor told me, don't have a bond with your kid, I would listen to them, because they're a doctor, and they probably know what they're talking about, but then I would also be like... You know, if this kid dies, I want to know that I was a father to them for as long as they were here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I can I, take I, the pain. I don't want this baby to be sick for eight weeks. And if not, I know this no baby, love. yeah, if I know this baby is only going to be alive for eight weeks, it's going to be the best damn eight weeks it's ever had. Mm-hmm. Well, Whatever will it. have. <laughs> but, yeah. What were the best eight weeks of your life? When I was born. Yeah. I don't know. I mean... I really believe that if that baby was only supposed to be on this earth for eight weeks, then there was a reason behind it. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Because that's your kid, man. I don't care how... That's another thing, dude, is like... I've I've met parents who whose children have died at a really young age. Um, babies with Down syndrome that are born with Down syndrome... Well, I think, yeah, you have to be born with Down syndrome. But, like, just them dying at you know at one year old or six months old like you that that kid is always in that parent's head Mm -hmm. and that how could it not be right and i just think if i was for that six months avoiding making a bond with that child i would regret that for the rest of my life oh yeah so 
But anyway, I was born with a lot of allergies. <laughs> uh, broken promises. We go on a lot of tangents. Whatever you think we're going to talk about, we're not actually going to talk about. It's like a Bo yeah. Burnham comedy skit. <laughs> this started with, we're going to talk about our... Schooling? Our, our schools. We oh, talked about UCF <laughs> Athletics. No, we talked about YouTube. We talked about YouTube for the first 10 minutes. Uh, talked about UCF Athletics. Then we talked about... Food, and then we talked about prison. <laughs> Ways chair. to go out. Ways to go out, and then we we were talking about allergies and like birth stories of uh, babies dying. So now that we're back, um, no, I was born with a lot of allergies. Peas, uh, certain the good icing. You know, like the cakes. You have like the good icing and then the crappy icing on cakes. No, and if you, oh, I understood. Um, the good icing is what I was looking to make my like face become all red and rashy. Um, wait, hold on. The good icing is like the icing you get from the, the cakes at, at stores, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I like that icing. And then like the whipped icing is just awful. It tastes like nothingness in your mouth. Um, and then I was also allergic to peanuts, but I outgrew like all of those. So I'm like, I could eat peanuts now and I probably won't get a rash at all, but mm-hmm. I've lived my whole life allergic to peanuts. So mm-hmm. I just, I don't care to start eating them now. Yeah. Um, I had a guy this summer that I knew that we were going shopping and like me, him and two other guys were staying in a room. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so weird to talk about STP in like normal terms. Yeah. We were <laughs> just staying in a room together and we were shopping together. Uh, but anyway, we were there and he goes, Oh guys, just so you know, I, uh, I'm allergic to pistachios and if I eat one, I will die. <laughs> <laughs> Very nonchalant. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, you don't have an EpiPen? Yeah. And he's just like, no, it's in Jacksonville with my mom. <laughs> and I'm just like, so you're telling me you <laughs> don't have an EpiPen and if you just eat a satchel, you'll die. Well, people from Jacksonville aren't smart. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll tell you that right Yeah. Now. That's because uh, Robert is from Jacksonville. Duval gang gang, 904. Uh, but so... <laughs> But yeah, so he told us that and then he was like, you guys can have it in the room. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to say like a hard no, like no pistachios <laughs> in the room because yeah. I don't want to call your mom and tell her that you died on my watch. Yeah. You know? Way to leave his EpiPen and Jack's yeah. Meredith. Yeah. I don't know if that's her name. No, probably is. Probably. Um. But yeah, so. Uh, he pistached away. <laughs> he pistached uh, away. No, that's so funny. You're, no, you are really good at puns and I'm not. I love puns. Anyway, I haven't told the people my uh, my food, my last meal. What is your last meal, Riley? What is your last meal? <sighs> Riley, you only have... That sounds really good. 30 years. Is this how close we're supposed to be to the mic? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my goodness. This is amazing. Not back here? It doesn't matter. People don't know the difference. Riley. Yes. You have a last meal coming up because you're gonna die tomorrow uh-huh what would you like on that last meal do i get an appetizer sure yeah it's your last meal like because i want breadsticks with nacho cheese wait you you want the nacho cheese on top of the breadsticks no, or on the side that, on the side you dip it in okay it's an indiana thing no it's not yeah i had that three times this that past is week. that is a midwest tradition isn't it i guess when i was in high school actually we're going back because <laughs> i don't want to lean up the whole time when I was in high school, uh, we had pizza and like basically like dipping pizza in nacho cheese. Well, it's 11 at night. I had no idea. Well, but, it's uh, yelling at midnight. Yeah. Or, or you close. know. Um, so I, 
dipping like pizza and like breadsticks and nacho cheese yeah. is such an Indiana thing. Like I remember I was at school and they had like the pretzels with cheese. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, can I just get a slice of pizza with that cheese? And she was like, yeah, I don't see why. And like she did it. And then every day she would like get it and I get the same food every day for lunch. And I would, I dipped it in the first day I dipped it in, ate it. It tasted like Indiana. Like that taste gave me the nostalgia of Indiana. Mm. Um, not as much anymore just because I had that thought and realized it. Yeah. But so I did that. Can, and I, can I say something yeah. real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Like I ate bath salts for the first time like 10 years and it tasted like Florida to me. Uh-huh. Was that a joke or serious? That was serious. <laughs> There's a story about a Florida man who had bath salts and then ate somebody. <laughs> I know, but is that how you really felt? Did you actually eat bath salts? Were you just kidding? No, I was kidding. I've never oh had bath gosh. salts. I've never had bath salts. I don't think that's a lot. Well, I could just see you as a child just like putting your finger in and licking them. As a child, I thought American cheddar cheese and ketchup taste... Wait, not American cheddar. American cheese, like that processed garbage and ketchup was the greatest combination <laughs> in the world. I remember in elementary school, we would have the pizza lunches and yeah. we would put ketchup on the pizza. Yeah. And it made it taste so good. We were reckless. And the reason it tasted so good is because the pizza was so awful. Was it the rectangle pizza? Yeah. 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 Stuff. We put ketchup on it, and we thought it tasted so good. Mm-hmm. Shout out Johnny. Shout out Miss Bacon, my lunch lady in <laughs> elementary school. Her name was Miss Bacon. She saw my spherical behind come in there, and she always gave me a little extra. <laughs> she was like, I know you need this. Honey. What I used to do with my – so we had, like, the online where mom would put money on my, like, online account. Mm-hmm. And what I would do is my friends who had cash, I would say – Give me your cash and I'll pay for your lunch on like on my code, and I paid for their lunch on my code. And I would get cash, and I'm gonna be like, "You're like going through like sixty dollars a week at lunch. That should be yeah. like lasting your whole thing." But I'm and netting I'm just, twenty, and now. I'm just rolling in the dough. <laughs> <laughs> and then when my mom Damn. finally found out, she like wasn't even upset. She's just like, she's like, honestly, like she's like, I'm not gonna put money on anymore because I know you'll keep doing it, even like if I tell you not to, because she knew me. And she's like, I'm not even gonna tell you. I'm not, I'm just gonna stop doing it. You have to pack your own lunch. Like mm-hmm. you have to do that. Um, or like, I'll give you like cash for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay. And like that started in like elementary school. And then afterwards she did, uh, oh, I've lost my train of that, but yeah, basically she did that. And like, I lost my little empire. <clears throat> do you remember? I used to do the same thing with slim gyms. My mom would give me a little, oh, I love a good thing, slim gym, a little thing oh. with like 16 slim gyms and I would sell the slim gyms for a dollar each. That's beautiful. Yeah. That is awesome. I think I have slim gyms in my room somewhere. I want a Slim Jim. Dang. Yeah, they're right over there. God bless. Yeah. Do you remember how much your lunch cost in elementary school? It mine was two fifty. I'll never forget it. I had reduced lunch in re- reduced lunch in elementary school because mm-hmm. I I mean I don't know why I did. I think my mom was a teacher, so she worked the system. Reduced lunch for like a year in high school. Mm-hmm. They had free breakfast no matter who it was. They Dang. just tried it out, and it was, like, too expensive, so they ended it. And I would just go in the morning, I would just grab two things of chocolate milk and drink it. And I would do the same thing whenever – I would do <laughs> – I just remember – I would steal chocolate milk in mm-hmm. high school because, like, the way they had the line set up, mm-hmm. I would wear a jacket, and I'd put chocolate milk in my right pocket and chocolate yeah. milk in my left pocket, uh, one <laughs> in my cargo short, and when I walked away, I grabbed two. Would you drink all of them or something? All of them. Thing. I have a friend who can drink, like, put away chocolate milk. It's ridiculous. Uh-huh. Honestly, the milk challenge where you drink a, a gallon of milk, 
I seriously think I can do it. What is the milk challenge? You drink a gallon of milk in an hour. Oh, that's it? Yeah, but like... I feel like a lot of people have said that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it, it. it's been famous last words for a lot of people. But like, I've even talked to my brother. He's just like, Riley has been preparing for this moment his whole life. I've loved milk like my whole life. Yeah. Um, if that, I've, I feel like I'm just, every time I talk to you, I just get all these high school stories that I've just like... I like your high school stories, Riley. Uh, Good old Riley in high school. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have a high school experience. Yeah, you just woke up in college. Yeah. I don't remember anything prior to UCF. <laughs> That's how I feel a lot of the time. That's how they get I don't. You. I don't remember a lot before I became Christian. Really? Yeah. Like, I'll, I, I have to, like, force myself to go and think back. But, like... When, I don't like, remember a lot before Obama became president. <laughs> oh, well, that was eighth grade for us. That was fifth grade for me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes. No, I, I, was, I was in Mr. Godbolt's class. I was in seventh grade, so I was in Mr. Miss Sood's class. Miss Sood? Miss Sood. Was she Mif French? Miss Sood. Yeah. said Mr. Mr. Sood? Mr. Miff Sood. Miff? I called him Mr. Miffy. Miffy. No, he was a great professor. This feels so weird. Yeah. No, he was a great teacher. He was one of my favorites. Mm. That's wild. It is wild. I always forget how much younger you are than me. It's not yeah. like that much, like in the grand scheme of things. Back then it was a lot. Oh, back then, yeah. Back then you were like seventh grade to fifth to grade, yeah. I imagined I thought about middle school and elementary school at the time because our middle school, well, the neighborhood middle school was right across from my like my elementary school, and like they shared a fence, mm-hmm. and so we could see the track from our playground. And I would always look at it and be like, "Wow, I wonder how those kids are getting along." Like, for me, they were adults, all the middle school kids. Little did I realize they were all idiots, because everybody's an idiot in middle school. Do you remember, and this might be ahead of your generation, on Facebook, where there would be, like, a page that would come up, and you would, you, like, see it, and it's just, like, so-and-so, like, this page and this page. It's just, like, it's, like, oh, if you, like, connect with anything, you, like, like the page. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I think so many people of my generation liked all these pages on Facebook and yep. now they're coming back to bite us because people change the name or like posting like memes on them and uh-huh. trying to become meme accounts. So yeah, I do remember that, but I didn't have a Facebook. My mom had a Facebook. So what I would do was Facebook stalk all of my friends that had Facebooks and I would see all these cool pages that they liked. And you know what I remember thinking about these pages, Riley <laughs> was, Wow. How did a page come up with a name that I've always thought about but have never said out loud? <laughs> because it would always be like that little dance you do when uh, your, your food is cooking in the microwave. I was like, oh my god, that's amazing. I've never thought of like I've thought about it, but the, I've never said it. The one that connected to me most was I will walk out of my way out of my way to step on a crunchy looking leaf. Yes. And like, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, that nostalgia. Ugh. Like memes. There they were essentially memes. It was a yeah. It was memes without a picture. Right. Right, and so... The I, internet has created the cleverest chicks. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And so... Well, because they did surgery on a grape. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that meme yet. I'm behind uh-huh. on that one. Can't win them all. Oh, yeah. It was... That was my Facebook experience in sixth grade. It's really funny. Looking back on it now, I'm really glad I didn't screw up and like like a random sixth grader's page because that would have been for my mom's account. And that's suspect. It is suspect, for sure. Sus, for short. That's what that means. That's sus. You didn't know that? I feel like I did know it, but I've never... Coming to UCF, I've learned a lot of South Florida slang. Uh-huh. That's one of the things I've learned from people from South Florida is sus. The thing I've learned most is when people say pressed. 
I'm pressed. Like you're not impressed or like. No, like I was angry. I'm pressed. Yeah. He's like, I was a little pressed. Yeah. Um, I, if I could have told you freshman year, all the stuff I learned and now they've become a regular part of my vocabulary. Like what? Um, my buddy Santiago has taught me a lot of slang Uh and he's from South Florida, so he gets it. And like, gosh, I'm trying to think this is hard. Like I would say it in random conversation, but out loud, like I, it's hard to talk about like what slang I've learned since being at UCF. Um, oh, saying true. Like, somebody true. says something like, oh, true. Like, I would have true. never said that in Jacksonville. Um, saying, saying, oh, you know what? Conservative thought may not be all that's right. I would have never said that in Jacksonville. <laughs> in, uh, at, it's funny because, like, you grew up in, like, Jacksonville was, like, a huge city. Correct. Um, and I grew up in like a small town, like St. Cloud, Florida. Mm-hmm. And so like super small town, um, well, maybe not super small town, like touristy, but like small, old fashioned. Um, so like slang, like I would know slang, mm-hmm. but I had no recollection of like, they don't say that in Jacksonville. <laughs> like they don't say that. Mm-hmm. Like we don't say that in St. Cloud. That must be from South Florida. Yeah. Like. The f- it's funny that you're just like that's such like a South Florida way of saying things. Mm-hmm. We're like, and St. Cloud is just whatever. Well, in St. Cloud, well, what is, is Jacksonville known for? We're like, what do you guys say? Murder rates. That's what <laughs> we're known for. And Jacksonville, we say Duval. Like that's really it. But what is like a slang that you guys have? Like saying well, like true. I don't know. Jacksonville is really like Southern Georgia. So the slang like Dad Gummit, I say that. You all do the time, say that a lot. and when I came to Orlando, that was like something people haven't really heard of. Um, I don't think that's a Jacksonville slang because Jacksonville, although it's big, I mean, it's really just I would I would consider it more south, like of the country, mm-hmm. whereas South Florida is like mini Cuba. Like, there's so much more Hispanic influence in South Florida than there is in Jacksonville which also brings in a lot more diversity of people mm-hmm. where Jacksonville, it's not like that. Like it's just, I would say it's more like you're, that's not true. I was going to say it's more like white redneck people, but even then, like I would say the two biggest populations in Jack's are going to be white people and African American people. And there isn't really much else as far as diversity. Mm-hmm. So Jacksonville is a really good picture of, the South, mm-hmm. um, I would say. My sister's just a story just because you're talking about diversity. Yeah. She, like, grew up in Orlando, like, born in Orlando, grew up in it. Mm-hmm. And she just recently moved to Indiana. Yeah. And she, so she grew up, like, in so much diversity. She goes to Indiana, and it's just all white people. Yeah. Like, all white people. Yeah. And she said she went to church there, and she said, she's like, Riley, all white people look the same. <laughs> like she can't she's like yeah. she's like all the girls here have brunette hair uh-huh. and a ponytail yeah. with a hoodie on with yoga pants. <laughs> she yeah. said she looked around every single girl that was at youth group was wearing that. Yeah, and she's praised for her like unique fashion, which is like normal to most. It's people just like have. it's just like yeah, that's just like normal for what I see. That's funny. Also, I just want to redact my statement a tad. Jacksonville isn't a good picture of the South. It's just a. I would say it's more south than South Florida. I don't... Okay. But yeah, it's, it's hard I'll to say. It. Um, 
And also, going back to what you were saying, Orlando is so diverse. Like... Very diverse. Extremely. And I have benefited from that because I have more self-awareness around people. Whereas people... Just something I've noticed is my friends who have stayed in Jack's, when they talk now, they say things that kind of rub me the wrong way. But that's only because I've been around people who would now find that... Offensive. Offensive or just... Not even offensive. It would just make them feel uncomfortable. And so it's, uh, it's just things I would never think about until I've come to a city that has so many different people. And coming to a school that has so many different people. Mm-hmm. Which I think is awesome because self-awareness is so important. I think I would do pizza for my last meal. What kind of pizza? Chipotle probably. I do love Chipotle. More than pizza? That's a good option. I could put down a, a large pizza right now. I'm really hungry, actually. I might eat one of my meal preps after this. Yeah. No. I yeah. just go to bed. Mm-hmm. I can't afford to start willy-nilly <laughs> eating my meal preps. You ever had sleep for dinner? Uh, all the time. We've been on the struggle. True. Um, yeah. So we're at 52 minutes right now, so I think we're going to go ahead and end it. Um, thank you, guys. This is Broken Promises. with uh, That'd be a good podcast name. Broken Promises? Broken Promises. Where we just talk about promises that have been broken. Well, we just talk about whatever we want. So no matter whatever we say the episode is about, we just go on. This is the first podcast I've ever gone into and just say we'll just talk. Every other one, we've had a very specific thing we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but me and Robert's conversations always go all over the place. That is true. Robert is the guy in the conversation. Like If you ever like are somewhere and someone starts talking about something and you're like, oh, the conversation is here. I thought of this funny joke. I need to say it before the conversation changes. Mm-hmm. Robert is the guy that changes the conversation before you're able to tell the joke. Dang. Which is, I don't it's true for me that. too. It's true for me too. <laughs> well, I'm when me to... and you were in a room, we cover a million topics at once. <laughs> and like, we'll be in like the saddest, most like, like the most awful state. And everyone's like, wow, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. Like I, earlier, like I said to our friend that nobody showed up for my graduation party mm-hmm. and she was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And then the next moment, like me and you were joking about something. Yeah. Well, I don't like people who do that. So I need to stop doing that. They know. Well, I think for me, cause I can go into the deep places and like the hard places and like, a lot of my friendships are very, very deep, uh-huh. but I also want to be able to like lighten it up for a second and go back down. Cause I think that's like a real, that's the way like life works. Like you have really hard times and you have really fun, mm-hmm. easy times and like conversations should embody that in my opinion. Yeah. And I think like, mm-hmm. like I've told my friends and this sounds very like morbid, but like I want my friends to be able to like joke at my funeral. Yeah. Like, at my funeral, like, if I die young and, like, my friends are at my funeral, like, I want them to be able to make jokes about me, my life. Um, like, I, I want them to, like, like say, like, like what, what joke would Riley make at his funeral? Dude. Because there's so many jokes I would make at my funeral. I've literally thought about doing my dad's funeral and the jokes I'm going to say. Uh-huh. Isn't that horrible? No, it's not horrible. The reason I love it, so, not love the fact that my, <laughs> like that my dad would die, but the fact that a funeral is the perfect crowd for a comedian. Uh-huh. Because they're looking for something. My buddy told me this. I didn't come up with this on my own. He said they're looking for something to laugh at to become more comfortable. Uh-huh. Because funerals aren't comfortable for just about anybody. Uh-huh. 
And I was like, oh my god. That's like the main place I cry is funerals, even if I don't know the person. Yeah. I don't cry a lot. Yeah. So, cracking jokes at a funeral, awesome. My pastor said something very similar to that, mm-hmm. except what he said was he would rather speak at a funeral than a wedding because people are so more willing to listen at a funeral. Yeah. Like, at a wedding, people, like, like, because I've been to a lot of weddings where the pastor, like, you know, shares the gospel mm-hmm. while they're, like, marrying them. And, like, nobody's listening. They're just like, oh, I want to see them get married. You know, I want to see Kiss the Bride. Yeah. But, like, at a funeral, like, uh, you can, he says, like, people are so much more concerned and, like, want to hear the gospel there. Um, but the other thing that he says, like, about, fun- like, the, not what he says, but in Daredevil. Have you ever seen the show Daredevil? I've seen the movie, not and, the show. Yeah, movie's not very good. Just like, throwing that out there. <laughs> but I've actually never seen the movie. I shouldn't be able to say that. It's the epitome of the early 2000s cinema. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, 2002 existed. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just need to remember that. That was an era. Uh-huh. No, it really was. We are getting uh-huh. off topic. What yeah, say we got the way. Daredevil. Yeah. But the, there's a Catholic priest, and he says, the quickest way to put a halo on somebody is for them to die. Yeah. Like, someone can be, like, the absolute worst person, but if they die, everybody will, like, remember, like, the silver lining of their life. At the school um, I went... At the school... Okay, I want to say this real quick. At the school I went to, we had a Bible class, and we had a substitute teacher that was notorious for just going off the rails and talking about ridiculous stuff, but it always had to do about God, because he's been a pastor for years. Well, he was talking about... Um, a funeral that he did and about a notorious gang member and he says this is the only thing he said at the funeral he said i walked up to the podium i looked everybody dead in the face and i said he lived like hell and he died like hell and i walked out no he didn't yes he did i don't believe that i believe it if you ever met this guy you'd be like yeah he would do that that's all he said at the funeral everybody was pissed off at him and he said i went in my car and got lunch didn't feel bad about it one bit. That's hardcore, man. Yeah, he is hardcore. He made me sweat down the back of my neck. That's right. Well. He was intense. What is your favorite quote of all time? Champions don't become champions when they win the event, but in the hours, months, and years they spend preparing for it. The championship performance... Oh, man, I forgot it. We're not going to do that one. Ask me the question again. (laughs) Just go. You're a wizard, Harry. That's your favorite quote. No, it's not. I think my favorite... It's really not. I just can't come up with anything else. Spurgeon is one of my favorite. Oh. He gives the best quotes. I should have used a god one. Um, (laughs) I should use a god one. Dang Dang it. Instead of use witchcraft. (laughs) (laughs) No, mine uh, is a Spurgeon one. It says, between two evils, choose neither. So you didn't vote last election? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but he also said, uh, what was it? Um, Dang, shoddy, you look fine. Charles Spurgeon. Oh, uh, no. I literally just had it in my head. Oh, he said something along the lines of, if you wish... Upon a star. No, I'm going to look it up, actually. Yeah, Thinking about my favorite quote, something I always tell myself just about every day is the way you do anything is how you do everything. And really talking about, that's really an integrity quote, talking about, you know, the way you do things shouldn't change just because of the severity of it or not. Um, 
Gosh, what's a good quote? I look up quotes and I read them, but I don't really memorize them. Um, this is the top ten Spurgeon quotes. We're just gonna finish on on these. Let's see, man. Um, the young may die, the old must. <laughs> I like that one. Dang. Oh, I don't think. Oh, that wasn't even on the list. That was just someone just put that thing. Um, t- to be prepared to die is to be prepared to live. Nine. It's the very joy of this earthly life to think that it will come to an end. Eight. The best moment of a Christian's life is his last one, because it is the one that is nearest heaven. Siete. The only people for whom I have felt any envy have been dying members of this very church. Six. (laughs) Gosh, Spurgeon wanted to die. Well, I was listening to a Matt Chandler sermon, Mm -hmm. and he was talking about suffering. And he said Spurgeon was depressed his whole life, and then he died. But he always had the hope of Jesus. That's wild. Uh-huh. <clears throat> if I do not think of death, yet death will think of me. Five. It is not a loss to die. It is a lasting perpetual game. Four. Let us learn to hold loosely our dearest, self, our dearest friends. Let us love them and let us always learn to love them as dying things. Two plus one. It is. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> It is grand thing to see a man dying full of life. Are these just his death quotes? Maybe they were his favorite quotes. No, these are his quotes. These are what he said, like from the pulpit. He who learns to die daily while he lives will learn it no difficulty but to breathe out his soul for the last time. Wow. All the glories of midday are eclipsed by the marvels of sunset. Dang. Maybe he had a good view on death. Here. I said that question. The same verse God used for Spurgeon's second birth will witness his third birth. When the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. This is a Spurgeon quote right here. I would not mind if I were condemned to live 50 years more and never allowed to speak these five words. Christ died for the ungodly. Can you say that one more time? I would not mind if I were condemned to 50 years more and never allowed to speak these five words. Christ died for the ungodly. He doesn't want to say those? No, he would. He So all that was him saying how much he wants death. Uh-huh. But he's saying here that I would still live for 50 more years. If all I could ever say was Christ died for the ungodly. Wow. Yeah. Spurgeon, the last great Puritan. But that none of those were actually the quote that I wanted. Um... Here, actually, I think I just saw it. Um, but it, go, it, it, it goes on the... Uh, <laughs> we might cut all this out, but it's fine. The quote goes something along the lines of, if you ever wish that somebody like would go to hell um, or somebody like want to have a renewed life, I can guarantee you don't have one. Yeah. Spurgeon is so intense. He's an app called Morning and Evening. We're actually sponsored by him. That's why we did this at the end. Thanks, Charles. Have a good one, dude. I like your beard. Um, but for real, thanks for listening, you insomniacs. Uh, this has been Yelling at a... Yeah. 